Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vaga Maradian. This podcast version of our interview is brought to you by L3 Technologies. Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report. I'm Vagam Radian here at the Farnborough International Air Show at this historic airfield some 30 miles southwest of London, world's most important gathering, at least in the United Kingdom, for defense, military, industry leaders, and aircraft from all around the world. This year gathering here to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Royal Air Force as the world's first independent air force. Our coverage here is sponsored by Farnborough International and Leonardo DRS. And we have with us Paul Everett, uh, the CEO of ADS, which is the Association of British Aerospace, Defense, and, and Space Companies. And uh, boy, what an amazing show. Well, it's been a really fantastic week. We'd always like to see Farnborough as the most international of the global kind of air show circuit. Uh, but th this year has been particularly strong. Uh, record numbers of US uh, companies visiting with us, record numbers of Chinese companies visiting with us, and over 29 international pavilions, which is an all-time high for us. And uh, delegations uh, all over the place. I mean, what more than 40 delegations, I think, that were here? Yeah, I think it, the, the numbers are always always difficult. But yeah, a high number, it's, it's clearly one of the places that the global aerospace and defense industry likes to come to. UK is always good, but, but Farnborough is always better. Um, and talk to us a little bit about what you saw as uh, as highlights. I mean, it was an it was an intense week, uh, densely packed. Obviously, as most of the shows are, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was was uh, jumping. But even still, on Thursday, fair number of activity in the halls as well. We were there, and today, of course, just a terrific day to see all the kids out uh, doing all the all you know. Hopefully, you know, uh, attracting as is an important mission here to attract another generation to aerospace. Absolutely, Fridays are always about. Uh, the next generation and, and enthusing people to take part in our industry. But in terms of the highlights, certainly from a UK perspective, obviously the Prime Minister visited on Monday, made three really big announcements. So I guess globally, uh, the launch of a, a new combat air strategy, Tempest, uh, certainly from a UK point of view, that's, that's definitely one of the moments. Uh, they don't come along very often, once in a generation. So this is our generation's turn, so to speak. Also, big support for the UK aerospace industry, more investment in research and development, particularly about uh, the future of electric flight and autonomy. Gained strong global interest in that. And I guess thirdly, perhaps not such the biggest and best news for us, but a very strong statement from, from the UK government about the deal that they want to get with the European Union as we leave the uh, European Union. Um, and, and of course, uh, Liam Fox announcing um, some space uh, investment in his trip to Washington next week. Uh, by the time this uh, airs, it's probably, you know, Liam Fox will have been in Washington. Uh, but, Paul, you know, let's talk a little bit about Brexit. Um, I mean, that was in every single conversation across the show. Folks were talking about it. Everybody is putting a happy face on it in terms of uh, minimization of uh, damage to their companies. But privately, almost everybody's saying, look, we may have to move operations. Operations. We have to consider shifting work. Uh, we had a great conversation with Tom Enders of, of Airbus, uh, and he said, look, we're already in sort of mode of sort of prepare for how this is going to turn out. Um, obviously, all, all the folks in the government, you know, there is a recognition that it's going to happen. Um, question is how it happens, but it's 280 days. The EU put that notice out to everybody saying, hey, prepare for a hard Brexit. Um, when you talk to people in the government on the hard Brexit side, their attitude is that's just a negotiating ploy and, you know, we're in the pro process of negotiating. What are your member com companies telling you about what the, you know, and how they intend to inoculate themselves as much as possible from impact here? 
I think two weeks ago they were very, very nervous because we hadn't seen you know, what we would see as a great deal of progress. I think we were really pleased a week ago uh, and when the Prime Minister came down, we now have a white paper that sets out, if you like, what the UK proposition is. And within that are all of the issues that the UK aerospace and, uh, space, uh, and defence industry were looking for. So a common rule book, continued membership of the European Aviation Safety Agency, frictionless borders, all good. And a major, again, I think the Prime Minister utilised a, a significant amount of political capital in getting her own party to a point where they made a, 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 you know, a kind of a, a meaningful proposition. So for us, it's around what's, what happens now. So we're looking for a positive response from the European Union and for them to get down to some serious negotiations. Clearly, it's not a done deal yet but we think we're in a, in, a, in a better place and I think people can see how we might get to a satisfactory outcome. In terms of preparation, yes, everybody's concerned. Um, you know, for us, you know, the, the worst possible outcome is no deal and I think that's a message that we've you know, reiterated uh, and a number of major businesses, particularly Airbus, but also a number of other sectors, major sectors in the UK have made those points very clearly too. So I think, you know, Whilst there are uncertainties and there are concerns, I think you know we, we think we're on the right course. I think the other thing that um, you know now we can start to perhaps uh, acclimatise to is, unfortunately, we are going to go through an extended period of uncertainty, and you know to a certain extent there are some upsides from that. So if everyone thinks we are leaving, uh, but we haven't quite yet left. That's actually perversely quite a good time for industry. Uh, you know, interest rates are, are favouring the UK in a range of areas, but also it's encouraging the UK government to be a bit braver in terms of what's our post-Brexit ambition. So the combat air strategy and the amount of investment that they've signalled for future aviation and aerospace technology gives an indication that the UK wants to remain a world leader and is prepared to back that with serious resource. Um, do you, uh, and, and uh, the next question I was going to ask you was on that, because the British government has tried to get a lot out of industry by investing actually very, very little in it. And that's always been uh, a lot of pressure on the government to take its cues from some of its European partner nations, for example, France and Germany, which have much higher, in Italy even, much higher national investment rates in this technology. As, you know, have you seen any cogent roadmaps. I mean, again, commitments and Tempest is, is truly is a generational, you know, you could say you were here when that was announced. Um, and, and, and the thing I think that to an American audience, there is an enormous amount of work that went into that system. It's not as if they just dusted it off. They're, they've been working on it for a little while insofar as almost the black program where folks have been focused on working on it. But from an investment stream standpoint, is the government doing enough? Is it doing enough in the right areas? Do you have a roadmap? Does industry have a roadmap? that allows them to plan, not just against these spikes sort of, which is, which is great, but much more on a bread and butter level, given that you know, it's, it's amazing the role that UK firms, small, medium, and very large play in the global aerospace and defense ecosystem. So I think we're beginning to get that. So here in the UK, if we look at the defense side, uh, last year we had the publication of a shipbuilding strategy. We've now got publication of a uh, you know, future air combat strategy. Uh, I think we would, all, we would already say that we've got a very uh, well-honed complex weapons strategy. So those are good uh, indications of a, a new and better way of working. I think around the civil agenda we have a number of institutions, the Aerospace Technology Institute, which whilst we, 
I recognise that there are a number of nations that spend more. I would argue that in the UK we spend better. You know, we have a genuine collaborative environment. If you look at, you know, we, whilst there we have a couple of national champions in the UK and that's great, but we also have a range of international businesses who feel comfortable in the UK and feel themselves to be part of the fabric in the UK. And that's because they can have a relationship, a collaborative relationship. They get the same airtime with government as the national champions. And that is different to what happens both in other European nations, but also different to how it feels in the US as well. So whilst we will never have as much money as others, I believe we can spend it smarter and with greater impact. Uh, well, right. I mean, if you look at companies as Airbus uh, or Raytheon or Lockheed or General Dynamics, all operate in um, the UK as UK companies, not as foreign entities, but actually a fundamental part of the industrial base. Um, let me take you to the question of transatlantic tariffs and kind of the sort of brewing global trade war. I think folks on the one hand want to avoid it, but I think are perfectly uh, happy with it going forward. Uh, and there will be casualties. So we've talked about the Brexit end of it. From your standpoint and your membership standpoint, what are some of the concerns there as this that originally started with steel and aluminum tariffs seems to have expanded now to include several thousand items from that original yeah. core, um, uh, core issue? So I would say, you know, at a fundamental level, the aerospace industry both has benefited from free trade and in fact has been a driver of free trade. That kind of interconnectedness, the ability to travel widely and freely is part of the way in which the global economy has grown. So any barriers to uh, trade and, and uh, you know, tariff and non-tariff barriers are, you know, I think are a lose-lose for everybody. So our focus and certainly the encouragement that we give to the UK government is very clearly that we don't want to get drawn into uh, you know, a trade war. Clearly you know, there are others who, who feel that their economies will somehow prosper. I think that in the same way that we've seen industry in the UK make clear about Brexit and the, and the Brexit concerns, I think we are beginning to see now in a range of uh, countries, businesses standing up and highlighting the concerns and the damage that can be done by imposing kind of unnecessary uh, tariffs uh, and putting up trade barriers. Uh, last question. Um, every year this show has gotten better. We were talking about where the media center was 20 years ago, which was a tent at the far end of the airfield. Uh, then we moved over here, and now this is this beautiful, um, really magnificent building. You can walk in and out without getting rained on, uh, so that gets you a little bit closer in. Great facilities, dining, food, um, bathrooms, <laughs> which are, uh, anybody who's been over here on this level knew that it was a little bit of a, a almost looked like a mobile home with some bathrooms in it. So we're very thankful for that. Uh, and a beautiful roof deck uh, as well. So every year you've been working to improve the experience here for all the folks who are exhibiting. Very smooth getting in and out of the show. I mean, the security uh, stuff was secure, but still fluid. So you weren't waiting on the sort of lines of uh, many, many years past. Every year you want to improve it. Talk to us about 2020. What are some of the things, some of the lessons you guys have picked up again from this show to try to make the next gathering even better? So for us, I think we've, we have worked hard to try and make it a good experience. You know, I think for many years, like a lot of people, 
you know, you think you've got a great air show, but I think there's a recognition, our recognition, you have to invest in it. So we have invested. So this is the latest kind of the building is the uh, latest part of that investment. But we're also trying to create a greater and better experience for people. What we want is for, for Farnborough to genuinely be the place where people exchange ideas, where there is real discussion about what the future of our industry holds, you know, what are the directions, what are the new opportunities, as well as the platform for people to you know, do, do business. So for us, I think it's going to be much more about the content and ensuring that we've got a, um, a rich seam of content that adds to the visitor and exhibitor experience. We don't want to take away from what exhibitors want to show, but we do want to create an environment where people really do feel this is the place to come, to talk, to see, to, to, to understand. And I think in that end, you know, I guess in the, in the UK, Farnborough is very uh, linked to, you know, a series of huge aircraft projects that flew in the post-war, you know, era. You know, unfortunately, it's very rare that there's a wholly new aircraft that gets to fly at, at an air show. But we can begin to, uh, if you like, if not digitally, but link and understand the innovation and the ideas that are going to be driving our industry into the future. And never know, we may even get a flying taxi. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Paul, thanks very much. Paul Everett, CEO of ADS, uh, Britain's Association of Britain's Aerospace Defense and Space Com Contractors. I just have to say, though, amazing. This is my 11th foreign borough. <laughs> Wouldn't miss it. Uh, looking forward to attending another 11 of them. Uh, although the, uh, my enthusiasm is a little dimmed at the very last few minutes of uh, five days, uh, seven days of this in uh, the Royal International Air Tattoo. But best of luck. Look Thank forward you. to staying in touch. And hopefully we can even do a little bit of update segments over the next two years as we we go along to remind people uh, about the key things you guys are doing here. Thanks very much. Thank you.